Welcome to the USL show. This is the Western preview. I think this is the fifth one and it is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and we're now sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Welcome everybody. We have a nice uh, nice list of guests here today. Um, hopefully joining us in a little bit is Thad Bell of the Blue Testament in Kansas City. Um, we have Edward Stewart of Fire Squad Fresno. Edward, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us here. And uh, we, of course, have Pony of Indomitable City Soccer is joining us as always. Hey, how are you guys all doing? Doing good. And Kevin McCamish of Play the Kids up in Portland. Hello, hello. Guys, uh, I'm Echoey. I'm in a laundry room because <laughs> I'm on vacation in this big house full of family. Uh, so I apologize for the echo and the sound quality, but we will make do uh, with what we can. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk to Edward about Fresno because I don't know much about it. And uh, Pony's been pretty excited about this team. And I would, I'm really excited to hear a little more about the team uh, from someone who knows better. So Edward, can you get us started on Fresno? Yeah, I mean, we're, uh, we're a brand new franchise, um, kind of sprouted out of uh, a PDL squad. And so um, the USL squad started up last year um, or started, you know, came into the market and has just been, you know, slowly building, uh, bringing on staff, bringing on um, front office staff and coaching staff, uh, announcing the colors, all the stuff like that. And then uh, the longest thing actually was just waiting for players to kind of get announced and see who we're going to get a, who we're going to support. And how, how close is that, um, cooperation with, it's the Fuego, right? Or Fuego? Yeah. Fuego, Fuego were the PDL team. And, um, it, it was kind of interesting cause, uh, USL had offered PDL a franchise, uh, or USL had offered the Fuego a franchise, but they weren't able to do it. Um, so the new group came in and actually bought out the kind of the Fuego property. And so, um, the, 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 the Foxes under 23 essentially is what the Fuego were. Hmm. Um, we also have a, a, a women's side as well that used to be the freeze last year. They're going to be the, uh, Foxes, Lady Foxes, I think that I forget what the name is, <laughs> but, uh, so it's like they brought on kind of the whole property. Um, the, the GM from the Fuego came on as the, uh, his title he's like the executive executive gm now for the as fc and uh the guy that was kind of like the marketing and one of the, the guys that started fire squad uh jordan weeby also got brought on as kind of like the director of marketing for foxes yeah I, I feel like there's a name for a female fox i think that's something maybe uh our research department needs to get on because i don't know what it is offhand but um yeah so anything else you want to talk about i mean it's a new team uh, different colors, you know, the, the uniforms were announced the other day. What is now, of course you're with a su supporter squad. And so, you know, what's it been like kind of getting that going and, and off the road for the, for an expansion team? You know, it's, I mean, since we preexisted, uh, it's been okay. It's for us, it's been a lot of explaining, um, who we are in relationship to the new team and how we've existed and, and actually kind of like, we had to do a little explaining recently of like why we didn't change our colors and or our name because some people would be like, well, why aren't you guys going to be like the Fox's Den or something like that? Mm -hmm. And we we're like, well, I mean, we've been around for four years now. We've got, you know, last year we had 400 members about mm -hmm. um, paid in our section. So 
you know, it's like, why are we going to give up everything we've built? Um, uh, fortunately, we've got a really good relationship with the team. We had a good, a great relationship with Fuego, with the the leadership moving in to Foxes. It really helped us transition to be like, okay, we we met with some of the ownership early on, some of the GMs, the uh, the GM early on, and we're able to really kind of feel like, yeah, we want to get behind this new squad. Um, even with Fuego, the hope was always that we would have pro soccer in Fresno. So to, to get it, it's like, all right, we're here. We've arrived. You know, let's just jump it behind uh, Foxes like wholeheartedly. Yeah, so you've already got something going. I love that you've been around for four years uh, supporting a PDL team. That's awesome, actually. Um, Kev, Pony, you guys have anything you want to add before we talk about players? I know Pony's ready to talk about players. Yeah, well, I did. I I googled that while guys are talking. Female foxes a vixen. Okay, I saw that typed in there, and I was like, I'm not about to say vixens is what a female fox is. In case you were uh, trying to trick me, that's funny because that's what I'm looking up too. It's almost too good. <laughs> it's too good. So now, now we all know. Do you think they'll be called the vixens, Edward? No, I. Uh, <laughs> I don't either. I actually, know. just like. <laughs> Fox lady, I don't know. Yeah, lady foxes maybe, yeah. Um, I could see that going bad for sure. Well, Edward, why don't you talk to us? It's a brand new team, brand new squad, um, and it it doesn't look bad so far. Can you kind of let us know about the team so far as much as you know? Yeah, it's kind of tough because we got to watch. uh, uh, They played against Galaxy, uh, actually like a lot of the Galaxy starters um, a week ago. And so we, we watched a, a stream of that on Periscope. Uh, so they look good. We actually scored first. Um, uh, Renato Bustamante scored uh, the first goal of the game, and he's a, actually a, 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 a Fuego kid that came up. Um, and so that was kind of cool to have, the, even though it's a preseason game, the first goal to be scored by a Fuego alumni. Um, so there's a couple guys that came from Fresno area, uh, as well as – some other PDL former products. Um, it's been kind of interesting just to like meet the guys at like uh, the kit release party and, and see them. Uh, tomorrow is actually the first home scrimmage. So tomorrow's like my first chance to, mm-hmm. to see them and really get a good grasp on the team. But I'm excited. <laughs> Without a doubt, as you should be. Uh, Pony, why don't you start talking about some of the players you like? Uh, I've been this has been something I've been looking forward to because you've been talking up their midfield quite a bit. Yeah, this is one of the teams I'm actually going to be pretty nice to compared <laughs> to some other teams. <laughs> but overall, I think their midfield is very, very strong. It's probably one of the better midfields in the league. If you took the last year's Western Conference USL and said name the top twenty mids. I think Fresno ended up with maybe four from on their team, if not arguably five. Mm-hmm. I mean, just going down the list, they have Aguerta from Colorado Springs, very talented mid, Kaffa from Tulsa, who I still think could have been the league MVP last year. He is unbelievable at creating chances and free kicks. Then you have, I uh, also took uh, Barrera from Sacramento, very good midfielder again. And then we were number three midfielders, or something like Corvarubias from, uh, from Los Dos, or Baldissimo from Whitecaps too. Those are midfielders who are guaranteed starters on almost any USL team. Mm. While their defense and offense, I'm still not sure how that's going to look. Their midfield core unit is 
probably one of, if not the best in the West, maybe even the league. So I think there's a lot to look forward for on Fresno. And if they could find a consistent scorer and a couple more good defenders, while their defense isn't bad, there's no there's no person I look and go, they're going to be competing for a USL team of the league starter. Hmm. Same with the strikers. There's no one who I think could be easily a 10 goal scorer, but I have a lot of faith in what Fresno could do. I could see him. If someone's going to compete for challenging the top three, I think Fresno has to be one of the few that could actually do that. Oh man. That's, that's definitely high praise there. I kind of see them as a Nashville a little bit too. Um, you know, you've been pretty high on, on the midfield, but, you know, I do wonder about the the forwards and the, the defense, whereas in Nashville, I thought even the defense was going to be super solid and the others I was worried about. But they ended up looking really good um, in some friendlies. So um, I think maybe the hype is real with Nashville. And, and perhaps you're right about the hype for uh, the Foxes there, uh, Pony. Um, anything you'd like to add to that, Edward? Uh, no, actually, like those are uh, like uh, Kaffa, uh, Argreta. It's like some of those, those are the guys like we've kind of been you know, her real good seeing like the stats, um, up front with, a. it'll be interesting actually to see, uh, one of the local kids, Christian Chaney. Um, I think it was two years ago, uh, for a while, he actually was leading the, the U S in goals, um, at like 18 on the season. Uh, so it's like he had a lot of talent, then went up to Sacramento and, uh, never really got on the field for them. Uh, and so it would be interesting to see him coming back and see if he can kind of rekindle that spark. Um, but yeah, like it, it is int- like when we were playing galaxy, uh, we had a lot of chances, uh, and it was interesting cause the, the feed we were watching was one of the supporters groups from the galaxy. And, you know, like, so you're just hearing these guys that don't know we're anything that, you know, they're talking about it like, Oh man, if, if these guys could score, they, you know, we'd be down a couple <laughs> goals and, so it was like, yeah, I kind of felt that way of like, uh, who's going to score the goal, you know? And, and that's obviously you got to, you know, having a strong midfield and getting the ball up to him, great. Someone's got to finish that thing. So yeah, so it was visible that maybe that is possibly coming true in a friendly. It is a little too early to say, but uh, could be happening so far. I'm seeing that Thad has joined us, so we're going to take a quick ad break. Actually, it's a good time to stop, get our stuff together, and we will talk about. So we'll park Rangers and we'll maybe chat some news right at the end there. So we'll be right back. All right, we're going to take a second here to tell you about one of our other sponsors, and that is Soccer Loco. You can find them at SoccerLoco.com. And uh, ever since we were announced with uh, them ha- having them as our sponsor, uh, I've been digging into their website, looking at everything. You can buy regular soccer gear for your kids, for yourself, for your wife. You can buy jerseys, uh, which seems to be the main thing that they sell. Uh, at least they have a ton of them. And so I was digging into that. I'm a jersey guy. I like to buy a lot of jerseys, and I wanted to go like I do when I go shopping at the mall or anywhere else, I go straight to the clearance rack. And so I went to the clearance and I found a couple jerseys that were pretty cool. Um, You know, I follow the national team. So I was just looking for, you know, they have a lot of the main teams, the main leagues. And so I looked under the Premier League section and found uh, a Newcastle jersey. I thought about getting that because of uh, Yedlin. And uh, they definitely have a Dortmund jersey. Both of those were like 15, 16 2015, 2016, or something like that, maybe 16, 17. So I'm thinking about jumping on one of those since the price is pretty good. Um, But if you do want to look at the clearance and buy any soccer gear and you want to support our show, 
do that, please. You can go to the uslshow.com and there's a banner there you can click for Soccer, Soccer Loco. And if you click that banner and then buy something, we get a little credit for that. They know that uh, you did that in support of our show. And so uh, that would help us out a lot. And so, um, you know, you get a shirt, you get some gear and we get a little bit of recognition, which is great because uh, they were nice enough to sponsor us for that. So thank you guys for supporting the show in that way. And uh, I'll stop talking and we'll get back to the show. And we're back. This is Kevin McCamish with Play the Kids uh, taking over for Phil, switching up a little bit. Uh, we have with us Thad um, with, from the Blue Testament uh, here to talk about Swope Park Rangers. So, Thad, tell us a little bit about uh, Swope Park, what we can uh, look, look forward to the, with the team in 2018. Um, it should be an interesting team. Every year they change it up quite a bit as they keep looking for new talent to possibly feed the first team. Um, they are making a commitment to play the kids more this year, uh, more integration with Swope Park or with the Sporting Academy. Um, it looks like a couple of the guys who were there last year, uh, Felipe Hernandez, uh, Juan Kazane, Juan Kamal, who actually is from St. Louis area, but yeah, yeah. Know, over here now. Uh Looks like they will probably get a lot of time this year. Uh, some of the other academy guys that have come up may or may not. So it's just it's a lot of change from each year to year. So that usually happens with uh, two teams. Um, a lot of people coming in, a lot of people going out as these MLS sides just try to find who's going to potentially help their first team. I think really. Um, but Swell Park is, is a team that uh, seems to be doing very well for a two side uh, in the USL. Has made the playoffs, I think, two seasons in a row. Made the Western Conference well. Made the made the USL final two both years. Yeah, so they've gone they've gone almost all they've gone all the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so you know I mean I and I again I talk from a from a perspective of, of watching a team that has not made the playoffs, not that I would have any expectations my team would make the playoffs, but they had the probably think the second worst record in USL history last season. So, you know, it, it happens, but teams like teams, like what do you think is, is like how, how are Swope Park Rangers kind of finding success within USL for a side that is um, an MLS two side? So far, I think it's just been a good combination of um, scouting because they're looking for players who could potentially be first-team players. They they say that every player they bring in has the potential to be a first-team player if they develop correctly. I mean, I'm sure everybody says that sort of thing, but I think they're really living that. You know, they're not just bringing guys in for nothing. Um, combined with they work pretty closely with the uh, first team coaches with the academy coaches and they just keep integrating that each year a little bit more a little bit more how well they do that so i think it's just kind of how that works is that they've brought in a lot of good players they have a system that they like to play and the academy guys come in they already know that system so it's you know it may it's a step up in speed and size and things like that but they know the system they know how to play it so you, you speak of uh the club brings in players that not for any, just just because they can. They bring in specific players who can have the potential to make the first team. So let's talk about Carlton Belmar. <laughs> <laughs> since since the Timbers felt that he was not 
he was surplus to requirements to put it politely and just waved him, just cut him and released him. And then Swope Park picked him up. Um, he, I believe scored was the goal scorer in both one nil wins that Swope Park had over T2. So right there, you got six points out of him. Um, and then he earned himself a first team contract with, uh, with sporting Kansas city. So, um, how has he done for Swope Park? How's he done? Like as a player, like it seems like he's been doing well over there, but I haven't watched closely. No, he's he's done very well. I, I forget how many goals it was, eight or ten, something around there. I mean, he wasn't leading the league, but um, one problem any of those guys who comes to Swope Park has is Sporting will determine who gets the starts. So <laughs> they want to take a look at a player. Uh, there's times that Belmar should have absolutely been the guy starting if you were only focused on wins. Um, 14 goals I see popping up here. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Um, so, um, but, he, but he was he could have had more. Um, he, it's just that they weren't starting him all the time. They That's just going to be the nature of the beast with Swope Park is you're going to get the guys who they want to take a look at. Or if uh, – you know, a guy comes down from sporting to get, you know, some minutes in because he hasn't had a chance. You know, they maybe need him in a couple of games. They know, so they'll they'll send him down. Time. So that's that's the problem with that. Belmar, I think, actually, just he fit in pretty well with the system. He he, uh, anybody who plays in a Vermese team will have to work their butt off really, really hard, and he did that. Well, that's really good. Yeah, I, I I know from my own perspective that just there's a lot of even throughout the season there's lots of players going up and coming down and back and forth and stuff like that. So, um, anything else? Anybody else would like to ask that about uh, Swope Park, Phil, Pony? Yeah, uh, I, I've been really curious about um, the Shawnee Mission South High School move where. You guys seemingly had space at Swope Park to expand. I don't know if that's true, so maybe you can answer that. But they chose not to. They chose to move to a high school. And so I'm curious, especially hearing you now, something I hadn't thought of, you're mentioning them using the academy to fill in a lot of the slots um, of the missing guys rather than bringing in um, a lot of other USL-level players like they have in the the recent past. Um, Perhaps, do you think they're prepping a move to D3 in 2019? No. Really? I was convinced. 100%. (laughs) Tell me why. Um, I've asked this question to Vermees. I've asked it to other people, and they absolutely say that they do not want to play D3. Uh, If they wanted to play D3, they'd stay where they were because the requirements for the stadium would be less. So, Um, But that's the thing. Is Shawnee temporary, or is this permanent now? They will play wherever they need to to meet the D2 requirements. Gotcha. Um, they want to play D2 because they want their guys going up against the higher level caliber players. Cool. They, they want Kuzane and Hernandez and Gilanco Busio and those guys going up against the best players they can and getting tested by it. Uh, that three, by the way, Busio being one I didn't mention earlier, but he's a homegrown player for sporting. Those three started in the midfield as uh, sporting in preseason usually plays like two teams or sometimes three complete squads, but mostly they play two squads. The second squad, the reserves guys, if you want, was always those three in the midfield playing together. 
So there's a very good chance we'll see the 15-year-old Busio, oh my the 19-year-old Kazay, and the 19-year-old Hernandez be the the normal midfield for Swope. There'll be other guys in there, don't get me wrong, and there'll be times they play different guys, but they'll probably be getting a lot of time. They want them going up against as close to MLS-level caliber players as they can. And that's two two of those guys have been in, in uh, sorry, they've been involved in the national team to a certain degree. Uh, have all three, and to me, that's a like good the sign. Team system, you mean? Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Down, a, yeah. they've been in Florida at times, and so to me, that's a good sign. Not only for play the kids, Kev, but um, maybe for the national team's future to be able to be playing these guys on the Division Two level, these young teenagers. That's uh, you know, obviously Vermees always wants the national team to do well. He's been in the, you know, talk about being a national the the U.S. coach at different times, but he's he's prepping these guys to be sporting players, man. Mm. I would not be surprised if Hernandez or Kuzane get a sporting contract sometime this year. They're, they would still be eligible to be homegrown players because if they play in USL for their first contract, they can still be signed as a homegrown player and count as that for MLS. Yep, yep. I can see either one of those or even both of them. Ugh, that's good stuff. I yeah. have a question here how do you think that those guys are going to step in and replace the outgoing gonzalez Maloto duke midfield trio because when i saw swope lose those three players i kind of started getting a little concerned about what their this season would look like because those are players that well i don't follow swope really closely i'll see maybe one out of every four or five games of theirs those are three names i recognize as being very talented players and none of them are coming back this year it, it'll uh, there'll be some struggles. There's no doubt about that. There were some struggles at the beginning of last year when they mm-hmm. replaced, you know, two thirds of the team. There'll be struggles this year when they replace two thirds of the team uh, or more. Uh, they have not too many guys coming back right at the moment. Bernanthon, Mayer, McLeod, um, Kazane, Hernandez, Little. Uh, Little didn't play at all last year, I don't think, or if he did, it was only a couple minutes. But um, and then with the guys they brought in from other teams, other USL teams to round it out. So it will be interesting. It will be a little bit of a struggle, I think, when they go up against some of the better and more established USL teams. But I think at the end of it, they will be in the mix for, you know, they'll make the playoffs and they will do some damage in the playoffs again. Yeah, they'll finish fourth place, get three home games in a row, and win the West for a third straight season. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pony, you got to drop that line. Yeah. I, I forgot that. That's- They've never played yeah. a playoff game away from home. Yeah, their first, their last two seasons, they've been the fourth seed both years and never played away from home. Because each year the one seed got beat in the first round, <laughs> and then they played like the sixth seed both years, and then lost the number one seed in the East every single season. How crazy. Yep. And you destroyed my playoff brackets for two straight years by doing that. <laughs> so thank you very much. You know, I know those guys wanted to win the final, but you know that's not a bad uh, record for no. an upstart USL2 team. No kidding. Changing their roster every year like we keep talking about. Um, My last question, I'm sorry, I'm geeking out about this midfield of yours, honestly. Um, (laughs) But I wanted to ask one last thing or maybe even say like one thing I will say about the struggles of that midfield is that those are all small players. Like I noticed against Phoenix, Busio got pushed off the ball more than once while he was doing really cool stuff. But um, and I've seen in person Kuzain get pushed off the ball on the USL level. So do you think those guys physically are learning how to stand up against grown-ass men at times? They will or they won't be there much longer. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, 
Busio, I'm not too worried about. He's like I said, he's 15, and quite honestly, he looks like he's put on 15 pounds from when I saw him five months ago. Nice. Um, so we'll see how big he gets to be. I don't know. Kazane's never going to be super huge, I don't think. Hernandez isn't going to be super huge. So yeah, you know, beauty of soccer is you don't have to be huge to be a good player, but it does help. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it. But uh, I mean, even last year with with Duke being, you know, the the box to box guy most of the time. Um, he didn't have size. I mean, he wasn't a big guy. His, his little brother was probably going to be a little bit bigger than him and end up playing for Swope at some point too. Mm. Very cool. Also in the national team picture. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is the kind of cool thing with being a sporting is that these academy guys have, you know, they've almost every level in the last couple of years, they've had somebody called up to it mm. consistently. Well, like Busio's been up with the U17s at the time. Hernandez has been up, I think, with the U19 lately. Uh, Kazane, I think, actually was at some point. Uh, yeah, it was a while ago. But... Duke, uh, Sebastian Cruz. These guys just keep, you know, it's never like a, a wave of three or four or five of them, like from Dallas or uh, Atlanta, but it's always one or two. And, yeah, we should probably move on, but, like, the last thing, like, you guys just built – a facility for the national team basically. So that can't hurt either. Right. Yeah. And see now the USL team inherits the former MLS training ground essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the training center that they had down there, which was not huge. I mean, the, the, the area for the uh, equipment was smaller than my basement and I'm not going to show you that it's a mess. Um, the new training center, you know, one little tiny corner of it is bigger than the whole place that they had down at uh, Swope. Well, that doesn't hurt for sure. But so yeah, Swope will now be for So Park Rangers and for the academy to train. So they have got plenty of fields, locker rooms. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll ever upgrade that so that they can play USL games there again, or no? I would like them to because the field is actually very nice. Yeah. I mean, the field itself. Um, there were some driving factors besides – I think if it was just the seating, it would have been um, more easily done. But it, there's not a lot of parking. They squeeze that into a very tight space, and it's uh, – sporting has been very good about maximizing the use of uh, other people's money. I they, see. they they're not the owners are not rich for a bad reason right or for, they're not dumb so the swope park area the original spot that they they uh invested the money in and spent to build it was given to them by the park this area was uh there was tiff money set aside to do certain things and when nobody was using it so they said hey can we use it they built the uh five six um youth fields there my daughter's played there a bunch of times the um and then that championship field was originally just meant to like host like college you know like d2 and women's college cups and stuff like that um so it wasn't ever intended to be that big as long as they could get a waiver under usl they just still played there i'm sure Hmm. but usl i think took offense to a few things last year uh the size but that one storm came in Flooded the areas. <laughs> I think they're the ones that it really forced to move. Otherwise, 
you know, I was suggesting they go buy 5,000 folding chairs and just put them in boxes outside <laughs> the stadium because we weren't going to use them anyway. Yeah. We've had a few ideas like that, right, Kev? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we <laughs> could, uh, you know, T2 being at Providence Park could seat 20,000 people, but I don't think they'll ever seat more than 2,000. <laughs> and honestly, that's probably being generous too. Like on our, those games might get 200 people, but it's not, it's, I really like to be at Merlo because even if you had, when we, A, we got, I think we, I felt we got more people at Merlo and then B, it was just more intimate and you could, it felt like a bigger crowd than it probably was. And that, but you know, when you're sitting in a, in a big soccer stadium that can go 25,000 people or will soon go 25,000 people and you've got 200, it's just, uh, it's, it's eerily quiet. Mm-hmm. Hey, you had 7,000 last year on that kids day, right? They did. That's right. They did. They had a day where they had like like a Providence Health and Wellness Day, and they had like uh, like probably almost every student in the area came, and that was a big day and, and lots of fun. But normal days without stuff like special events like that happening, they're probably pushing pushing two hundred people in the stadium. I mean, those people are jumping and singing. Don't get me wrong; they're having a great time, but it's a lot of empty space. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, so that's it for Fresno, and that was it for Swope Park. Um, so, Phil, I'll pass it back to you if you want to catch us up on a little bit of USL news from this week. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on. Uh, the biggest one being, um, anyone can please chime in on this. We got five of us to talk about it. Um, Tommy Heineman redeemed. Um, did USL make the right choice? Uh, Pony, let, let's start with you first here. See, for me, I think neither the player or the team in this case thought they were in the wrong. I don't believe anyone is trying to be shady or sneak something through or take advantage of any sort of loophole. I will say that. But I think it was probably the right choice in the end. It might have not been Cincinnati doing their due diligence or something that we don't know. And I don't think we ever really will know. Hmm. But one thing I do like is the league coming down on the side of the players it's actually really refreshing to see that a league that's trying to be built today and is still trying to become bigger is not saying, oh, the team's right. I don't care about the players. Let's move on. They actually are willing to back the players in, in multiple occasions, apparently, as, as we saw today. Yeah, Edward, uh, we haven't heard from you in a little while. Is that something you kind of agree with on that? You know, actually, I'm a little bit ignorant just in like uh, coming out of a a team that was sporting amateurs, you know, so it's like, I, I was just trying to actually find out like, Oh, did, are, are the players represented by any sort of players union or, um, is it all just individual contracts? Um, you know, I was just trying to think about like my knowledge of the U S system in, in general. So like, it's kind of where I was curious about. Yeah. I, you know, I, I talked to Jake Edwards and I brought that up, but that's something that uh, has been talked about a lot. If you follow sock takes, Nippon has been digging into that with the NASL and I'm, I think there, we're going to see something about USL as well, about maybe the possibility of a players' union. Um, obviously, MLS has one. Thad, do you have any thoughts about a, a players' union? We're, we're going into the talk show realm at this point. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And uh, I will just add on to that I do like that USL actually sided with the player. I don't yeah. know the details of the entire problem there. I don't know if I ever will. But uh, it, it, they do need to do a players' union at some point, and probably sooner rather than later, especially if they're going to be a real D2. Uh, the NWSL just finally formed one last year. 
Uh, it's a weak one. Hmm. To be honest, the MLS Players Union is fairly weak still. They haven't t- totally exercised their muscle. They've backed down the last couple times when they've had the chance to have uh, accomplished a lot more. They could have probably gotten a, a real free agency last time they did the CBA uh, negotiations. Um, they could have gotten some more charter flights and just some of that those perk kind of things. But yeah. I think it'll be a natural outreach or natural growth for USL to have that soon. Kev, do you, what do you think about a union? And, and do you think perhaps this is the USL – you know, not that this is their main motivation, but do you think this is them saying, hey, we want to protect the players? And perhaps, you know, I had a good professor in college who was a human resource pr- professor, and he said, it was my job to make the workers happy enough that they didn't unionize because unionizing costs more money. So maybe Jake heard that too. Kev, what do you think about that possibility and, and the power of a USL union? And would it even be worth it? Uh, no comment. no i'm not sure i honestly never thought about it that deeply um i think perhaps that's a little bit of some over analyzing of the situation quite possibly Uh, it's certainly a possibility but i think that just might be going too far so i'm i i wouldn't go so far as to say that usl has some long-term plans to try to prevent the players from unionizing uh, maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but I'm not sure that I don't think that that they have it. Anybody had that in mind siding with the players. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like, Hey, we looked at the situation. We probably looked at, at all the possibilities, uh, you know, looked through the contracts and it just makes more, more sense to us that we're going to side with player versus, you know, versus the club. And so the player can now go on and sign for, whoever else, and they will probably be, and then whoever Tommy signs for, you know, narrative demands that he will score the goal that knocks Cincinnati out of a playoff place, right? Yep. Pony, you said something like that this week, yeah, right? I said exactly that. <laughs> if movies taught me anything, Tommy Heinemann is knocking Cincinnati out of the playoffs on a stoppage time goal. <laughs> That's what narrative demands, and That's narrative right. will not be denied. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, going back to the unions, at least I know some players are – talking about it, notably Chandler Hoffman in his tweet today that says, we need a USL Players Union. Wow. Okay, so, so I missed that. It's That's at least interesting. being mentioned. Very, very interesting. So, you know, getting back to the player, we also had Chevy Walsh. It's same same situation. Uh, Pony, what? It was like a one-sentence release from USL. What, yeah. one comma? Yeah. Let me find out. It was the exact same <laughs> sentence that they released for – Tommy Heineman just with a different name shoved in there. If nothing, it's efficient. Right? It, it, it's a one sentence thing. I think they just have copy of player like the USL has decided in the yep. case of player versus club, we have just we have sided with player <laughs> or club. USL's, I mean they just yeah, have something to do. The statement was in the contract dispute between Chevy Walsh and the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, the USL has decided in the favor of the player. Hmm. And that is a statement. It sure is. That no one knew even what's going on, really. Yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, this is how good uh, Beautiful Game Network is, perhaps, if I can plug that. But um, Mongols mentioned it. They mentioned how Chevy hasn't been participating, but he was in the stands for a friendly. So they were hinting that perhaps something was coming. I don't know if I expected this, per se. But, um, but you know, to, to comment on that maybe more, do you think um, – do you think – 
clubs are going to be a lot more careful in the future about this. Uh, what can they do? Any thoughts on that? Maybe Thad, what do you think? That's a good question. Um, because I think one of the bigger questions was, you know, did they do the medical? Did he show up? And then they did the medical and then they said no, you know, and maybe with Chevy Walsh, it's a similar situation or, or maybe not. Maybe everyone's following the letter of the law and there's still this, this strange thing that needs to be figured out by USL. Um, yeah. That, any thoughts on that in general? Well, there's weird things like that that happen at MLS level too. Of times. course. I mean, yeah. I've seen players show up to sporting that, you know, supposedly were healthy and all of a sudden, you know, a year later they're released because they have a guaranteed contract mm. uh, because of how long they've been in the league and such forth. Uh, I mean, we can look at Justin Mapp a couple years ago that played 43 minutes of the entire year after he was the very first free agent signed in MLS history. He came into the club hurt, mm. but they, they trusted somebody else and they signed him anyway. So, They've not made that mistake again since then. But, uh, it, I mean, you're going to run into weird things like that. All It's it's going to happen no matter what. So yeah. there just needs to be a, a, a way of deciding that fairly. And, again, I don't know the details of the, the uh, what happened, especially with, with Chevy. But Yeah. No, I mean, both both the player and the team have a job to do, right? And, and they got to maybe perhaps do what they got to do. And so – Maybe that's all we're seeing, but um, I'm glad we got to kind of talk about that for a little while. The only other news I was going to bring up today because um, I'm a little obsessed with him is Enzo Martinez signed with the Rapids officially, and then he went on to play a full 90 in uh, CONCACAF Champions League versus Toronto FC. They went down 2-0, but he played the full 90, as did every other starting player for that team because there were no subs for the Rapids. Did anyone catch that game? And, and uh, if not, let's just talk about Enzo uh, signing with the Rapids. How do we think he's going to do? Pony, do you think, have any idea? Yeah. Um, I think he should be fine. I'm not sure how this is going to go. There have been so many different really good USL strikers that have gone up and completely disappeared in MLS. Yeah. And that seems to sadly be more likely the case, which I don't like to see. But I think USL-wise, this is going to hurt Charlotte badly. Yeah. I mean, they just lost their best player by miles, and I don't think they have anything to replace him. Oh, not to mention they didn't get anything for him, right? I think we saw that what they got from Real, Mon- uh, Real Salt Lake, they got a fourth-round pick, but they didn't get it, right? Who got it? They're- Somebody else. It, it it was one of those deals where it's like... It- it was okay. uh, on on February nineteenth. Martinez was signed by Colorado, and his MLS rights were held by Real Salt Lake. So, Rapid sent a fourth round pick Rats. for the twenty twenty one Super Draft to get the rights. So, so Charlotte didn't get Diddley. It was uh, it was just like, hey, we're going to sign this player from from USL on into MLS, but because a different MLS team still had his rights. I mean, he played for Real Salt Lake. Well, didn't play for them. He was signed to Real Salt Lake back in 2012. Mm. So I think he was a draft pick. I could be wrong, but I think he was a draft pick back in the 2012 uh, draft and didn't play any minutes for Real Salt Lake, but got loaned to the Carolina Railhawks, signed by them, then went over to Charlotte Independence. But I guess because Real Salt Lake still had his MLS rights, Colorado had to give him something. So they gave him a fourth round pick in the 2021 Super Draft. 
Man, I mean, I watched him play. He didn't look out of place. He didn't do anything incredible, but um, he's also playing for the Rapids, if I can talk <laughs> some crap. But um, but I don't know. Is This is, from what I understand, this is part of what it is if you affiliate. And, and um, you know, not only, I guess it's a trade-off. So just your players that you have can go up for nothing, it, it sounds like. But the trade-off is the Rapids can send some good players down to Charlotte. So is the trade-off fair, I think, is a fair question there, Thad. You're pretty um, pretty into that mix, even though it's a two-squad. But um, what do you think? Well, Sporting originally had affiliations <clears throat> with uh, Oklahoma City and with Orlando, both. Mm. And neither one of them really worked that well. Um, but that's more because Vermees didn't want to let go of players and have them – developed by somebody else. He wanted to keep them under control. That's um, that affiliation is just going to be a weird thing for a lot of teams. If that's why they were able to get him for nothing. I mean, was he under contract to the USL team? Yeah, at the time? I think so. Or maybe it was an option and maybe it made things easier. You know what? That's something that we, that was not necessarily announced. So maybe that's... I mean, if he was, if he was under contract and they had his option at that time, Colorado shouldn't be able to take him even if it was an affiliation unless there was a handshake agreement between the two teams mm-hmm. because of the affiliation, which, I mean, that's, you know, the, the you, player teams still have rights, you know, yeah. which is also weird that Salt Lake would have his rights. Uh, if they let him go, they would had to have offered him a bona fide contract, a, um, a, a, a qualified bona fide, whatever right, the legal term is, they had to offer him that kind of contract to keep him, to keep his MLS rights. Mm. Those is MLS it, rules. Yeah, we go through that all the time. <laughs> yeah, right? I bet. Um, like Sporting last year re-signed Sunni Saad, who had left to go to Thailand, mm-hmm. but they still held his MLS rights because he they had offered him a contract. Mm. So he came back, he came to sporting, which I thought was a terrible fit, and I didn't think he was going to do well. He didn't, and they waved him a little while ago, and he just signed in USL with, or with Indy. With Thank Indy 11 you. I was trying to think of who he signed with. I couldn't think oh. of it. Um, well, let's, let's ask one more question of Edward over here. Um, Edward, you're – Can I chime in real quick on that? Yeah, please uh, do. I, I'm kind of curious on the affiliation stuff because uh, Fresno were affiliated with Whitecaps. And so, like, we have some of their coaching elements here, and uh, some of their players are coming in on essentially white cap, white uh, cap contracts. And yeah. so, I'm curious to see, like, how that plays out for us in the long run. Well, uh, I mean, I have to deal, I mean, again, I'm a, I deal with the two sides, so it's a little bit different, but essentially, you know, it's weird for me that the Vancouver Whitecaps are all going all the way down to California, but it's probably the closest open USL side for them to affiliate with since they just decided, hey, we don't want a two side. We're just going to go do this. But um, as far as like like how players go up and down, you know, the Vancouver Whitecaps will send you guys, I think, up to four uh, players for a season, and they can be pulled back at any time. So you'll, you know, as – they're not particip- they don't participate in US Open Cup, so you probably won't have to worry about that. But for teams like, you know, between Colorado Rapids and the Charlotte Independents, you know, you're dealing with players that go back and forth a lot. Um, 
due to the distance, you know, you probably won't see a whole lot of as, as much movement as say like a two side that's in the same city as their first team. Um, Cause there's a lot more movement there and they don't train with the first team since they're in different countries <laughs> in this respect. Um, but you'll see some talented youngsters come down spend some time with you guys. Uh, I think it does seem like since they have coaches down there and stuff, that there's going to be a little bit more um, knowledge shared between Vancouver and Fresno, which will definitely help out. Um, but from, you know, from all everything that I've been able to determine, you know, MLS sides that acquire players from their USL affiliates, whether it's a two side or an affiliated team, I think part of the agreement is like, Hey, if we see a player that like we want, you know, we're, we get them and you just get to keep being our partner in the whole thing. Yay. So it's, <laughs> right. so I mean, if you guys, I mean, you know, you guys sign Kafa, if he's really, really good, the Vancouver is like, Hey, we want to sign him to an MLS contract. Then Fresno's going to be like, okay, what do we get? And be like, what do you mean? What do you get? You're our friend. Thanks. Bye. You know, it's going to be that sort of situation. And we saw with Reno losing three of their best players to the Quakes. And uh, and it is different from team to team. Um, you know, in St. Louis, we had a Chicago Fire affiliation for two years that was mostly an emergency situation. You know, we'd grab someone in an emergency and maybe one or two players that would be regulars, um, which usually the regulars worked out. Uh, but the emergencies, it was just like it, it didn't really make much difference. Um, but then you see... Tulsa affiliate with the fire and they brought down a lot of guys that were major players for them and it really seriously benefited them. So, um, you know, it could go either way. You guys could get some great players and really use them or you could not really use the affiliation hardly at all. What much like what NYCFC and San Antonio was practically nothing. Right. I do think there's different levels of those affiliations too. And I think each team will have a different agreement for uh, perhaps you also have the ones who, uh, where somebody else owns the club, but the the team actually manages that. So, yeah. like RGB, yep. for example, that probably operates a little bit differently than some of the other affiliations where you just loan down four players at a time. Yeah, hundred percent. It's different each time, and and I know. Um, and what and, they and, and what you need to be things. thankful for is that you are not affiliated with San Jose Earthquakes. <laughs> just flat out, be thankful you're not affiliated with them. Any other team, like like I said, Vancouver is probably going to treat you guys, your team pretty well. Um, you'll get some good players, some good knowledge, uh, you know, coaching experience. They'll, they'll help. They'll help your team out. They will. I think they will. Is there something about the Quakes that I don't know about? Oh well, it goes back to 2014 when uh, Sacramento, I think, started playing, and Pony can probably chime in on this, um, where they were like. Hey, we would like to affiliate with an MLS side. Can we do? Can we affiliate with you, San Jose? And San Jose is like, no, we don't like you. Get away. So the guy that at the time there was a connection between, um, I think one of the the Sacramento owners had previously owned the Timbers before Merritt bought them. So they were like, hey, Portland, you guys want to affiliate? And we're like, yeah, sure, we'll totally affiliate. And then as soon as we were interested, San Jose is like, no, what? No, 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 hey, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, we now want in. Screw you, Portland. Get out of here. And then it ended up having to be some really silly split affiliation because I think MLS and USL had to jump in and be like, uh, I guess we have to say yes to both of you. So each team got to send two players. But the only player, the only team that really helped 
Sacramento that year was Portland. We're the only we were only one that actually loaned players. Hmm. And then and then Sacramento was affiliated with San Jose for a little bit, and they didn't really get any players. And then now Reno's affiliated with San Jose, but they actually get some players. So you know, I don't know. It's in my experience, San Jose has not been a friendly team. Very interesting. I do remember hearing about Portland and then hearing about uh, the Quakes. So it's good to hear the backstory there. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, we're going to go around the table here and everyone can mention where you can be found online in case people want to be filled in a little more about the club. Edward, let's start with you. Uh, you can find me personally uh, at Edward Stewart. Uh, at Fire Squad Fresno is our supporters group. Um, which I'm one of the guys that runs that. So those are the two best places. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, all that same stuff. Um, I think all the same places. And I found you guys on Reddit, and there's not much out there about Fresno. So <laughs> I came to Ed- Edward because he actually was one of the ones posting so much stuff about it. So thanks for doing that, man. I, yeah, I needed no, thank it. Thank you. The world needs a little more even, honestly. So keep it up, buddy. Uh, Kev, how about you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at K McCamish PDX. I am also at PTK Podcast. And you can find Play the Kids at www.playthekids.com. We are also affiliated with the Beautiful Game Network. All right. Thad, you're up next. Uh, TheBlueTestament.com and at the back post on Twitter. Blue Testament puts out a lot and a lot of stuff. So it was really cool of you to join me today and filling us in on Swope. No uh, double post? Anytime, man. Anytime. <laughs> awesome. Pony, how about you? You can find me at the least professional sounding Twitter handle out of all of us <laughs> at Iron Pony Chef on Twitter. Also, write for Indomitable City Soccer, doing a lot of number stuff. You could also catch me over there. Indomitable makes up for Pony. How's that? It's like two yeah. extremes. See. We'll meet you in the middle. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm Phil Grooms. You can find me at Phil Grooms on Twitter, two L's, two O's or STL soccer report. Um, again, thanks for joining me, everybody. My favorite thing that we do is the news and we get to talk about everything and chat about all the possibilities. So thanks for doing that today. I'm scrolling down slowly to my outro, which is thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL and US soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Um, a couple other things you can find us at, um, the, pardon me, on uh, bgn.fm. And uh, you can click on our Patreon page or on the uslshow.com. Uh, if you do want to support us, you can support us at $1, $5, $10. Uh, we don't push it too hard. I just mention it in case you do want to support us. It, it helps us sound better typically is where the money goes. So we do appreciate that. Um, but that's all for the ad reads. Thank you again, everyone, for joining me. And thanks to all you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.